Well, I, I want to point out that, you know, I call out the right-wing media, but then I also call out the right-wing's favorite bogeyman, which is the, the so-called liberal media or the corporate media. And I point out that, you know, while outlets like Fox News may be straight up promoting fascism, outlets like the New York Times and CNN are not doing what they need to do to challenge that slide toward fascism. And they are basically attached to the status quo. It took them far too long to identify Donald Trump as a racist, even though he made very clear that he was one right from the outset. And so they are part of the problem. And yes, in, especially after the mass uprisings in the summer of 2020, the historic racial justice uprising, the likes of which this country has never seen before, many of these newspapers looked back and interrogated their past and apologized. And it still remains to be seen whether these newspapers are indeed doing better. They still, you know, they, for example, they did an about face on the idea of Black Lives Matter because, you know, it took them too long to admit that Black Lives Mattered. They finally did when masses of people came out on the streets. But then the main ask of Black Lives Matter, the concrete, one of the concrete asks was defund the police, by which Black Lives Matter very clearly meant take money, move money out of policing and into the things that actually keep us safe. And the corporate media failed in properly covering that, turned it into a, well, if, if we don't have police, then we're just asking for crime to run rampant and really misunderstood the whole premise. And so my other chapter in my book, after I cover the corporate media's flaws, is how the independent media, you and I and the outlets we write for and work for and broadcast on, have been the institution and the force pushing the corporate media every step of the way to do the right thing. We understood what Black Lives Matter meant in 2014 when the founders of that movement started saying those words because we understood that they didn't mean Black Lives Matter more than everybody else. They meant Black Lives haven't mattered to the country and they need to matter as much as everyone else. We were ahead of the curve. We were, we were ahead of the curve during the civil rights movement, Are the institutions that are the history like Pacifica, right? They were, you know, Martin Luther King was seen as too radical by the contemporary news media of his time. And if it isn't for independent outlets, pushing the envelope, pushing the edge and challenging corporate media time and again and finding that we are on the right side of history, we build those, we uplift the racial justice narratives that communities of color are putting out and we push them against the corporate media. It sounds like what you're identifying is this uh, a, a sort of a characteristic of the slide to fascism with fascination with a mythologized past. The, the false equivalencies is what I'm hearing a lot of now. This is a clip that is an example of these false equivalencies. Here's Mr. Hannity. A topic A issue today, which uh, would be about the rumors of indictments for not only President Trump related to the Mar-a-Lago raid and classified top secret documents. There's no way that this special counsel can justify charging Donald Trump for that which Hillary Clinton, we know, did herself. Okay, there we go. Exhibit A. Look, honestly, I don't think it's valuable to give credence to these, you know, hysterics that, the, that Fox News and Sean Hannity get into. What I have, you know, really tried to start doing with my journalism is when I cover a story, 
what is what is it that I'm trying to accomplish with my audience? Not because we care about the Democrats being better than the Republicans. We care about not having, you know, fascism in our country and we care about upholding social justice. And what is the path to that? And how do we then as independent journalists cover those new stories in a way that have an impact, in a way that actually generate excitement among our audiences, in a way that benefits democracy rather than suppressing democracy? Because the cynicism and the hopelessness that many Americans feel suppresses democracy And that is precisely what Fox News wants. You know, some of what you're saying points to another bigger topic that you might be tackling in your next book on economic justice. Due to the way the system is built, Hannity is on 500 radio stations, three hours, five days a week. They got a big microphone. Yeah, but look at the return on their investment. Okay, they have such a huge megaphone, right? They have so much money that they've poured into it. You would think that their ideas would be more popular than they are. They are not actually as popular as they would have been. If we had a similar sized megaphone, we'd be looking at a radically different country because the values that we are putting out and that we are uplifting are values that a majority of Americans and ordinary people are attracted to anyway. Because when you start talking to ordinary people about basic needs and fulfilling basic needs and the role of government, you find that you end up on the same side on a lot of issues and they are losing the culture war. But it doesn't mean, of course, we sit on our laurels. It is a it, it feels like a war sometimes. Right. But we how do we win it? Do we win it by getting more aggressive? We win it by centering joy. And I take my lead. And you know, that sounds all like fluffy, but it isn't. I take my lead from Black American racial justice activists who, you know, may not be getting the same kind of corporate media coverage that they were three years ago because they're busy doing the work. Look at what Alicia Garza is doing with the Black Futures Lab, the Black Futures Lab. Um, Look at the renaissance that Octavia Butler's science fiction is having because she imagined a completely different world. That's narrative work, by the way, and inspired so many people to imagine themselves, so many black and brown people to imagine themselves in a radically different world. And a lot, you know, a lot of the activists whose work I follow center joy, center the ideals that they want a future to be. They center them in the work they're doing now. That is something that is something that we move toward. If we can really articulate what it is that we're moving toward, people are going to join that because everybody, it's it's easy to convince people. It's easier than we think to convince people that we are on the right side of history. The reactionary forces have always been on the wrong side of history. And they want to bait us. And we cannot fall for their baiting. We cannot fall for them hysterically crying about all of the details about Hunter Biden's laptop and all of <laughs> You know, like, seriously, just move past that. And let's talk about taking power, changing power, convincing our fellow Americans one by one by one through person-to-person conversations change the narratives around racial justice, around social justice in this country. And we can do it. We have to be invested in it, though. And we cannot be cynical anymore. We can't afford to be cynical anymore.